Was this 18? Yeah. We made it to a- episode 18 already? We did. Jesus we are Christ. legal. You know, real quick, my fiance actually told me this today. Yeah. And I said, babe, I got I to gotta leave the house because I got to go record this uh, podcast. She's like, I can't believe you're still doing the podcast. Really? And it's not like it was a bad thing. Yeah. It's just uh, the fact that we've been able to put so much energy into it and enjoy it, the fact that we're still doing it. Yeah. This is our third attempt at a podcast and like the the bartender's ball is our third attempt at a podcast i wonder what's changed what? since the last one is it? to make this one well work. we had one we, you losing me you've we, been cheating on me who else you've been trying to start up podcasts with well we tried one with other drew oh see so you're just being nice to our failed guests no it's not like it was a different product when we no, had i mean but the thing drew is, is on we, there we tried a few times to figure out how to get this off the ground and then he, eventually we're just like we're gonna put this out whether it sounds shitty or not and then he, we got young tyler here he just kept trying to be a final solution to problems that we wouldn't have in the <laughs> podcast something like that <laughs> <laughs> Final solution. Final solution. <laughs> well, here's to 18. Oh, man. Um, we actually are in a very awesome situation today. Cheers we are to that. podcasting live on location. Only the second place we've ever done this from Broken Strings Brewing Company out here on Church Street in the downtown Orlando area. Yeah. Um, Part of the Orlando Ale Trail. Yes. And it's one of the... Known stops by a lot of people that end up going to the Orlando City Games. Correct. Actually, and Amway, a, they Amway Games march. right down the street. They do a march from here to the stadium for That's Orlando City Games. That's what you were telling games. me about. Yeah, yeah. They get crazy here on us. And anyone night. that listens from my side, maybe from Dustin's side a little bit, it's uh, American Combat Club. Oh, yeah. It's right, right next, next door. door. Yeah. If you've ever trained there after they moved from their location off of Semeron and Colonial... Now they're right over here next to Broken Strings Brewery. Go get yourself a nice training session with the bartender from Finn Henry's. Heck yeah. He trains right next door. And then come Took over his and refresh class. yourself with That's a it. fresh pint. I tell you, last time I went to a class over there, it was like an hour and a half wrestling class, stayed for another 30 minutes afterwards, got in my car, snapped my key off in the engine. Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Feeling strong. I don't know what happened. Coordination was at an all-time low. I turned the key and then... Ugh. Oh, fuck. Son of a bitch. At least the car was on, though, and I could make it home. Yes. That was good news. Break into the house, get some pliers, and pull that shit Figure right that off. bitch out. Yeah. <laughs> it's nothing like breaking into your own house. Nah, nothing like it. Uh, well, um, what are you drinking over there? No, you ended up pouring me. Fuck. You can see the menu from there, and I it's, can't. It's you work the, here. Uh, what is 12 this? 12 Talons Beauregard's Berry End. That is it. Now, I can tell you, I do remember. It is a nice berry hibiscus maple, maple sour. sour. Really good. And I'll tell you, the maple adds an interesting, almost kind of savory element. I, a really savory sweet element I that really ties in the sour and the hibiscus. Because mm-hmm. the hibiscus, we were talking about, what was that beer that the we Florida had the other Avenue, time? The Avenue, the Passion of the Heights. Yes. My buddy Ray commented to me that he actually lives near the Passion of the Heights brewery out there. Yeah, that is actually the Passion of the Heights. That Hibiscus is a great, great uh, ingredient in beer. Oh, I yeah. Think. I think it's really coming into its own, especially in the sour market. I'll tell you, this is, you know, I get a surprisingly similar taste to White Claw. From this, yeah, it's it's a really light. It almost tastes like a a flavored soda water with a little bit more of a kick to it. Can't try it with the lightness of it of the sour itself, and then you add the the carbonation in there. You could, I could see how you might be able to get that for sure. It's not as carbonated as white claw. Yeah, that's that's true. But yeah, I can. can That's like a. 
Yeah, this mm. is like beer White Claw. Think of think a of White Claw. Oh, I've drank plenty of it. Trust yeah. me. <laughs> and uh, what do you got over there? Um, I heard Orange Creamsicle, and I was sold. So that is actually a limited edition one. They just did okay. the 15th annual. Uh, um, is it 15th annual? I could be wrong. Maybe 5th annual. Central Florida Beer Festival, where they did it. They did it over in the Milk District by the Executive Airport. Um, Festival Park, I think it's called. Interesting. That one was strictly for VIPs only, and they ended up with a couple extras. So we're actually selling those by the Crowler for ten bucks. Thirty-two ounces for ten bucks. It's not a bad deal. Damn, not at all. And uh, it is an orange creamsicle milkshake IPA. Beautiful. It is the essence of Florida. I'm actually buying a keg of that for my wedding. It's really good. I'm a big fan of that one. I've been drinking it a lot recently. Um, I'm actually sipping on the old liquid vinyl which is the black IPA. You get a nice, uh, get a little bit of the coffee, maybe a tiny hint of cocoa, tiny hint of toffee that you get from those roasted malts. And then the, the hop hits you, and it's not very strong, but the, the flavors mesh real well together. Okay. Um, we also got some, uh, another well, one that's Before we talk about here. this, elaborate on a little bit of that vinyl. What's that special thing that they're doing with a little bit of the black vinyl in the yeah, back? Yeah, so... Um, that's... They got... That got me a little bit excited. Yeah, they got sent a barrel of Jack Daniels and then as they were you know prepping it up they realized that it was the Frank Sinatra edition so they're barrel aging uh, their liquid vinyl in the Frank Sinatra edition uh, Jack Daniels barrel which is going to be incredible um, I've what's had special a, about the Frank Sinatra just select like a oh. select cask something okay. or another I'm not quite I actually haven't had a chance to really do some research on it but this IPA is really good. I've only had one or two other black IPAs, um, and I've, I've always wondered how that would taste in a barrel age because you, I think this one's sitting pretty at like 7%. I could be wrong. I guess I could turn around and look. <laughs> Their percentages aren't up there, which yeah, is interesting. Yeah, 7%. Oh, really? Yeah, it's right next to the Nice. Name. So that one's sitting at 7%, so you barrel age that. I bet it'll taste incredible. Yeah. Um, those toffee and coffee notes will See, pop out. And now that is the perfect segue <laughs> into this one. Because this is actually pretty good. This is actually a barrel aged or bourbon barrel aged lager from Spain. Sounds awesome. A friend of mine, Maria, she got me this while she was out there on vacation. And it actually has interesting caramel, toffee, vanilla kind of notes to it. Yeah, that's a. Uh I, I love how you how much character you get from a barrel. Yeah. And I know we, we kind of oh, elaborated yeah. deeply. This is our fourth episode in a row talking about barrel aging. I you know. See, we just shove barrel aging into Well, everything. because we like whiskey and we like beer. Yeah. So when you combine the two, it's a good idea. I did not want to completely talk about barrel aging because I know we've been doing it a couple in a row. But Whoa. you can see that there's definitely a trend with our, with our podcast. What do they call those? A Werther's? Yeah, that's very. <laughs> that does taste like a Werther's original. Give that a shot. You know that's actually room temperature, and it I is. think it tastes it tastes better than it would cold. Do you? Yeah. What do you think? Honestly, <laughs> we don't have to get into it. I, I think <laughs> we it don't tastes, have to get into it. I think it tastes more like a Werther's because it's room temperature. Perfect. There is so much toffee that comes through over everything. I love it. It is like a goddamn butterscotch candy. Bring it on. Like I'll, I'll finish that if you don't want it. And you're also still finishing up your maker's mark over there, huh? Oh, I, for the listeners at home, I have four beverages right now. <laughs> it's going to be a good day. Yeah, it is. And I'm going to go throw some axes later. Are downtown, you? right off of Robinson. Sounds dangerous. Yeah. 
BYOB too. So shout out to Chelsea. Hey. <laughs> hey. So, what else we got on there? Uh, drinks wise. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I think right now. I mean, there's a whole tap behind us. We got a couple of beers yeah. on tap. Uh, Shania Gained is a real popular one that we've been selling through. It's a strawberry milkshake IPA. Okay. Or I'm sorry, strawberry lemonade milkshake IPA. Oh, strawberry lemonade milkshake IPA. Yeah, we still oh, wow. we still got a lot of the uh, the Marzen or Oktoberfest left, which mm-hmm. is the 99 Luft balloons. Oh, yeah. And actually, um, I was telling you guys earlier, um, they are he's currently brewing three pastry stouts. Yes. called the Sugar Stout Gang. Which is why I think this beer that tastes like a butterscotch is so appropriate yeah. for today's episode. The one's going to be a um, German chocolate cake. There's going to be a chocolate churro. And also, uh, what was the other one? Chocolate cake, chocolate churro. Oh, cookies and cream. Yeah. Um, those aren't going to be barrel aged, but they're going to be a bottle release. That's going to okay. be real awesome. Um, other ones that you could look forward to if you pop into the tap room, you got a tribe called Hops, which you can find at a lot of places in Orlando. That's a big one. The cold, tr- the cold train, which is a Kolsch, if you like light beers or you know something just you know crisp, yeah. easy drinking. The cold train is a Kolsch. That one's really good. Okay. Um, my biggest recommendation is pop inside the tap room because mm-hmm. you definitely won't be disappointed by what you find in yeah? here. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Nice. Um, it is. It's a good space back there. It's. I'd say it's kind of like they're certainly expanding. They're on the cusp of becoming like an enormous brewery. I think um, they're they're definitely on their way. The way that Charles, uh, who is the owner and, and uh, head brewer here, and Chris, the way that they have been going about things, it's gone at a very even pace, and they're very they're doing very well, and they're happy with the speed that they're going. Yeah, and that's what's going to take them very far in my exactly. opinion. Just like our podcast here, God darn right. Because we're on episode 18. And I'm not going to lie to you guys. I don't think this is the last time we're going to record a podcast here. See, speaking of that, locations we have, we need to get over to 1845 again. Have to. We need to. Scott, if you're listening, we'll be there. We're coming. Come on. We're coming. Uh, um, Anyway, after that, we got Thanksgiving coming up next week. I know. That's uh, speaking of that. Right around the corner. We are going to miss next week's podcast. Yep. Um, I will be in South Carolina. And I'm assuming all of us will be with our families for Thanksgiving, which I'm not going to lie to you guys. It, it's for those that know me know that I'm not a holiday person. I, I actually hate the holidays, but I love Thanksgiving. Thank, Thanksgiving is my favorite time of year. Yeah. And it's just the one day where you don't have to buy shit for anybody except for food and like drinks. Yeah. Other than that. And then you talk about what you're thankful for. Yeah. For me, that's perfect holiday. All you do is show up, hang out with the fam, drink you beer, drink and, talk. and like pass out by 6 o'clock because you just overdosed on turkey. Oh, man. And then you wake up to a great football game at like oh, 8 o'clock. Every single time I wake up halfway through the Lions getting their asses blown out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually. Well, glad this is 18 and up. <laughs> it's going to get a little more risque now, people. Just yeah. so you know, now that well, we're... We get Kevin Klotz. We get Kevin Klotz up one time, and now we're all we, we're going to be NC seventeen from now on. God, <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm I. That's why I can't stand Christmas because of this reason. Like because I love Thanksgiving so much, and it's like corporations. Like how the hell are we going to make money off of this Black Friday? Let's just take the wind right out of this holiday where we can't make money off of unless you're fucking Butterball Turkey and Bud Light. 
And uh, Wait, what? What's what's your opinion on this? My opinion. You kind of lost me in that whirlwind of stream of consciousness that you just had coming out. I there. dislike Christmas even more because of Black Friday. Gotcha. And retail, the retail, uh, not apocalypse, the retail rush that people get to yeah. stand in line and forego yeah. eating turkey. Can it's you like hear his chair. Yeah, it's it's making noises. Is it? No, I I I, well, I can't hear it, but these headphones suck. I'm sure the mic can hear it. We're Oops. watching for you guys in your ears, yeah. guys. Yeah, uh, but anyway, um, yeah, I don't know. It just bugs me. Like, why wouldn't you want to spend time with your loved ones instead of oh, let's just go sit out in a fuck in a fucking tent in a line yeah. at a Best Buy at yeah. seven o'clock at night? It's like Thanksgiving's over. Time to fucking panic. Yeah, Christmas is coming. Time I, to line up for a goddamn big screen TV when you could just buy that shit on clearance. I can totally see that, but maybe some families have made a tradition out of just being like, all right, let's let's just go eat a like. Eat a prehistoric primordial feast and just rip a bird apart after we fry it. Sounds and great. then go downtown and just Spartan kick everybody until we get to the 60 inch TVs in the back. Maybe there's some families that do that and they just make it a day out of being like, all right, who's going to take the store for the most? We are. And then they just rummage through Black Friday. You know, I'm not going to lie to you though. Like most stores prevent the trampling thing. I mean, it's not a goal. No. I mean, I worked, I worked two Black Fridays at Best Buy. But I'm just saying a lot of places now. Well, the other thing is now it's kind of getting a little bit further away from that because they end up going the path of, hey, guys, now you can just reserve it online ahead of time and come pick it up in the store. Or you can go ahead and we're going to open up the store 6 p.m., Thanksgiving Day, so yeah. you can just eat and then go straight after. Well, the thing here, here's how they're really combating it, which is kind of genius. When I was working at Best Buy, um, I had to show up at three o'clock in the morning because they opened up at six or five. They opened up at five, so to get ready, and there was a line that was wrapped around the building. And what they would do is they would say, "What are you here for?" Well, <laughs> I'm here for this ten dollars sixty inch TV or something. Obviously, yeah. that wasn't the price, but okay, this is your this is your ticket. Mm-hmm. This guarantees you that TV. Yeah. And you can only go into this building to the, the doorbuster thing to get that TV. You can peruse the store and buy other things that aren't on our Black Friday sale. Oh. And, you know, you might, get a, you might find discounts. But if you're here for this one item, you get this guarantees you that item. So yeah. it prevents people from bum rushing. You know, that's smart. We ended up with more printer coupons left over than anything. Honestly, it's all about Cyber Monday. Dude, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. like, why are we going to stores to buy things at all? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Seems like Cyber Monday was just here, man. And I bought a fucking air fryer and a rice cooker and a... Also, I've never... I don't think I've ever had fried turkey for Thanksgiving. I know really? you just mentioned that and it's yeah. been stuck in my head. I don't think I've ever had fried turkey. Oh, dude. Surprisingly... It's probably because you grew up out in Plant City. In Orlando, a lot of people have ended up doing it. I've never like had, in, I've never been to Plant City for more than eight minutes of my life. Yeah, you grew up there. It's cool. Yeah. No. I mean, Davenport. It's okay, man. Which is just as it's rural. It's okay. You realize you alienate Sometimes. all the people that you grew up with out in Plant City by saying, I was never from hey, there. Well, Dustin's got a None of those people are ever going to. He's yeah, good for Thinks us. he's big and bad. And I'll move to I've Orlando. Never, and now he's a. Production Starboy over here. Oh, I've, now. I've gone to Plant City because there's that Shell gas station that's very convenient to get on and off of in, in uh, yeah. I-4. This is my What's favorite reoccurring name? joke. <laughs> and it should come up every fucking episode that you fucking grew up in Plant City. I didn't grow up in Plant you City. You did, dude. It's fine. Who are you <laughs> fighting it? 
Who are you afraid is going to like Nobody. give you shit about growing up in Nobody. Plant City? I went to Haines City, City High School. I'm sure it's much worse than Plant City. Yeah, and I bet that was a really long drive from Plant City High School. No. Like, <laughs> it is a long drive because I didn't fucking live there. Yeah, it, it was rough. You probably had to wake up at 4 a.m. Where did, I just want to know, like, where did you pull Plant City from? Like, You went to my house in Davenport, or you went to Tom's you, house in Davenport. And you might have seen a sign that said Plant City 50 miles away. And you're like, that's where he grew up. <laughs> I just want to know where this originated from. There from was one you time, growing yeah, up there. There was one time we were talking and you were like, yeah, life was so shitty out in Plant City. Polk County? Plant City? Polk County? Plant City. No, Polk County is where I grew up. Not Plant City. Plant City is in another county. On the other side of my county. I mean, let's just move on for the listeners' sake. <laughs> Oh, man. Anyway, no, I've never had a fried turkey. Okay. It's always been roasted. Even when I lived in Los Angeles, California, yeah? it was still the same thing. Yeah? Yeah. I don't think you've ever sounded so crisp to our viewers. And <laughs> I just wanted to make sure you knew, because you said, us out here in civilization of Orlando. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, people end up frying them a lot, but dude, it is one of the like biggest like white trash could burn down your house, fuck up things say, ever. It's dangerous. It is, dude. I think Pe- there's like per city, the there's number, 20 accidents a yeah, year. Per dude, city. The number one rule is you do it outside. Yes. And people end up just doing it inside their fucking house. And that turkey has so much water and everything else in it that when you drop it into that fryer, bubbles over, fry oil goes everywhere. Sometimes the oil lights on fire when it hits the ground. Sometimes, Sometimes your dog's you get in a the mushroom way. cloud of smoke that goes up and fills the house. People fuck this up every year. Single time. Yeah, I don't understand why people don't listen to reason. And for our listeners, don't throw water on a grease fire or an no, oil fire. No. Just so you know. No. Just so you know. We've worked in the restaurant industry long enough. We can give you that tip. Or do it and then give us something to talk about on the next yeah. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of Black Friday, um, great Christmas gift idea I got. The shoes you wanted? Which ones? Oh, no, not those. Just walking we'll get to on that water shoes. We'll get to that in a second. Um, but a great gift idea for the beer lover in your family yeah. is a uh, trip on Hop On Brewing. What's Hop On Brewery Tours? Oh, I'm so happy you asked. Hop On Brewery Tours is a, a company that we are associated with. Oh, that um, one. Yeah, yeah, now I remember. Where we go, you pretty much, uh, you give them a call, you get you and five other friends or more, and... Uh, they take you around to a couple of different breweries. You get to do a tour at one of them. Yeah. You get to learn all about brewing, local breweries. Um, the main guy that does the tours, Ryan Getty, is yeah. incredible. Very quickly, knowledgeable. Quickly rose up through the ranks and replaced both you and I yeah. at well, the top of the pyramid. Mostly everybody, to tell you the truth. <laughs> yeah. I know. Honestly, I got so busy and thankful to them. They stopped scheduling me for tours just because I took on bar manager at Earl's and got so swamped. Yeah. However, I went back and checked the slack. And it's just Ryan, five out of six Ryan, tours is Ryan Getty. Ryan, 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 <laughs> Ryan. Every once in a while, Emil will grab one. But it's honestly a fun time. Like, you, you get to drink on the bus. Yeah. You get to pick which breweries you want to go to, which is nice. They have a couple of different tours. One of the main hubs for Hop On Brewery Tours is right here at Broken Strings Brewing. So yep. I just wanted to throw that out there. Great Christmas gift idea. Or buy some beer from Broken Strings yeah. Brewing. Shout out to any of my bartenders at Earl's. This is where our next... Uh, I'm going to work on booking a hop-on brewery tour for a number of us. Heck yeah. You know, I heard that um, going to breweries or doing like a, 
Not getting blasted. Just getting intoxicated together. Well, just drinking together. I mean, for it, it actually is one of the Lowering best the ways to build... Um, you wonder why everybody in a restaurant fucks each other. Right. It's not the drugs either. No. But it's a factor. But I'll tell you, once you do grow up, though, you realize everyone does cocaine. Everybody in the restaurant <laughs> industry. I swear <laughs> to God. Uh, moving on. Speaking of liquid <laughs> and drugs, Nike... Yeah. Is releasing the holy water shoe. Yes. Which is like two thousand dollars or something. No one said you can't walk on water like Jesus. Right. Well, now you can. Yes. Because the soles have holy water in them. And then like you know how they have that little thing that like you slide the, the laces through on the tongue? Yeah. It's actually like a cross. Like a gold cross. Oh. Brings a whole new meaning to steel toed shoes. Right? Boom. Oh man. Get that holy ass whooping. Got I'm them ups. To, I'm trying to find these right now. Is this these white ones? Yep. Yeah. Okay. What is the price on those? Um, this one is like someone reselling it, I think, for like twelve hundred. But I mean, I'm seeing all sorts of different prices. I'm yeah. seeing a thousand. I'm seeing yeah. three thousand. They probably, probably ended like up retailing for like seven ninety nine or something. Oh, yeah. And now people are. He probably released like fifteen thousand pairs. Now everybody's buying them up, and they're like, "Yo, I'll sell them for three thousand. This isn't even heat. heat. Yeah, this isn't even a he. That's just Nike, Nike that's doing it. Oh, this has... It has nothing to do with that. Oh. But it's funny. So the resale I really market, thought this had a huge thing to do with Kanye West. Well, no, I mean, it's Adidas. An, it's, a, mm, it's an easy yeah. segue, if that's what you're asking. Yeezys or Adidas. Yeah, what? it's an easy segue. But um, so I don't know if you got a chance. We, we talked about Disney Plus on the last podcast. And on Disney Plus, Jeff Goldblum has his own show called The World According to Jeff Bl- Goldblum, I think. I saw that. It looks like an excellent show. I haven't gotten to watch an episode yet, but it it's looks really good. It's actually incredible. Oh. I'm actually a big fan. Of, the first episode was Shoes. That one, when he goes to Las Vegas, mm-hmm. that's where my buddy Jimmy met him. Oh, so when he did Las Vegas, that was the ice cream episode. Mm-hmm. I just watched buddy, that last my night. My buddy met him. Yeah. And it was so funny. He talked to the vendors in the Orleans Arena mm-hmm. for so long about ice cream and then just went somewhere completely different to mm-hmm. make the ice cream. Oh, yeah. He went to, like, Oregon. Yeah. Yeah, somewhere weird. He it was, was in really Vegas talking about ice cream for, like, 45 minutes. Highly recommend the show. I and mean, they also left. did a... I think that's where they did the, the shoe thing, too. I think that might have been in Vegas where there was this shoe convention and this dude had, like, a million dollars in cash on him. He's, like, the king of shoes. And the resale market and the shoe culture. He's like the godfather. Yeah. And he was showed up at this thing and he's got like piles of cash and he goes up and says, I'll buy like the whole collection for like 30 grand. Yeah. It's insane. Well, that's the one thing though is like he walks over and he probably knows. He's like, I can buy this whole collection of probably 18 pairs of shoes for 30 grand. And resell. Two of the pairs in there probably going to sell for nine grand a piece. Each. Yeah. And then. So like I was also watching one of the best shows on the planet, which is most expensivest which is 2 chains, so yeah. on Vice. And he was talking to this young kid who started a, a resale thing. He used to just go stand in line for these shoes. No, I've heard about this Buy kid them, and then he resells them, and now he's got like a multi-million dollar yeah. empire. And he's 19 or something like that. Because I'm pretty sure I ended up hearing yeah. about him, or I think the episode might have come out uh, like three years ago or something when he was like 16. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, he ended up getting all these connections and... Khaled, notoriety all of them because yeah dj khaled and shit like that would be like yo did he i have the money for it i know this is the kid i only have to go to this kid and he has the shoes that i want exactly this kid knows what he's talking about and knows the merchandise so once you become knowledgeable about your product 
and people know to, they can go to you for it, even though they pay a premium. He just turned it into a whole business model. And now he's out there fucking killing the game. 100%. Selling to rappers and shit like that. 100%. And NBA players. I mean, good on him, honestly. Yeah. I, I'm no, not a shoe guy. I'm not absolutely. a sneakerhead. I don't understand the culture. That doesn't mean it's not a valid or yeah. good culture. It really is. Absolutely. Um, I'm a big fan of the black on black Vans classic slip-ons. Yeah? Yeah. Huge fan. Um, you wear nothing else. Yeah, pretty much. I wear them to work. Hey, They're Dustin, fun. you going to get that phone? I don't know. This Probably is not a problem we've had. No. <laughs> in the past? No, well, the dogs. Do they have an answering machine? Yeah. Yeah, they, they got we're it. Good. We're fine. All right. Um, as we were. Yeah. But yeah, the shoe game, as they call it, is yeah. insane. Yeah. Speaking of insane shoes, the Yeezy slides and how Snoop Dogg was making fun of them, how they look oh, like yes. prison slippers. <laughs> they really do. I mean, most Yeezys I find generally ugly. I, it's insane. Yeah. They're like Balenciagas. You know Balenciagas? Yes. Uh-uh. A friend they're of like, mine who's going to be a guest for us, Rebecca, she was talking about this. They're like, there's a couple cool ones, but for the most part, they just look like dad shoes. I've seen these. We were at um, Bloomingdale's in Texas, just wandering around, and we went mm-hmm. down to like the expensive section. Yeah. And they had those in there, and these were some of the ugliest fucking shoes. Like they were dirty. Oh well. And yeah. people buy them to look like that. Oh yeah. The pre-worn. And they're spending like thirty, like or three grand on a pair of shoes. Yeah. That look like dog shit. Yeah. I don't understand it. Yeah, I don't understand it. it. They're pretty ugly. I can only imagine. Same with Yeezys. There's a couple cool ones, but most of them, pretty so, ugly. So you are um, the closest thing we have to an insider on the hip-hop culture. Okay. Considering that um, you are, well, you listen to the music. Yeah. But you also produce it. That is right. Shout out to your boy. Otis Braun. Otis Braun. Check the album out. Check the album out. Hashtag RetroPay. RetroPay is the name of the album? That is the name of the album. Definitely. We Apple, gotta- Spotify... Anything, anywhere uh, you get music. I think it's on title too. Real quick question. So you can get Otis Braun on Apple Music, but you can't get us on Apple Podcasts, huh? That's true. That is true. <laughs> Damn. You want to put these podcasts out as an album? Because I can do that. Let's do it. <laughs> we'll just, every season, we'll drop an album. Boom. And it's just the podcast. And it's 12 episodes of what we talked yeah, about a year yeah. ago. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, um, so this whole thing that, that Kanye West is doing. With, I mean, he's gone like uber religious, which is fine. Um, and he's like hanging out with Joel Osteen and he's in his church. Yeah. But you had a really interesting article that I want you to elaborate on as I pour myself another beer. Um, do you need another one? Yeah, I'll take Same thing? Or you want to try something different? Give me whatever you think I'll like. I'll give you a little I something, baby you. boy. Be a little beer tender over there. Do yeah. your job. So what article? You lost me. The one about Kanye West and how like God gave him all that money? Oh, yeah, no, it was actually, let me do just a little bit of Googling real quick, because Kanye West was on a talk show about, talking about how he ended up, he's like, oh, you know, I made $260 million last year, Mm -hmm. and I was still $32 million in debt at the end of the year, but then I got this $65 million tax return. Soon as oh like in January, yeah, and it bailed me out, yeah. And I know that it came from my good buddy Donald Trump, but I think that this is the whole. I think God really orchestrated this as a gift to me, 
because yeah. I started to preach the word of God. Yeah. And I spent all this money to preach the word of God and put myself in debt. And then God turned around and gave me this money to bail me out of debt. I mean, that's and one way to look at it. I, I hate looking at it that way. <laughs> like, I, I don't like any fucking part of that. Because... Well, I, I know he's been talking about a lot lately how he used to make the devil's music yeah. or whatever. Like, he's, mm -hmm. that's one thing he's talked about. Like, now there's the Yeezy interviews. Church is the thing and it's now. it's like, well, where, where do you think that money came from before? So if you're saying, like, all this money is coming from God now that you've turned it around, he must have been making equal money off of the devil before. So it's like, I don't know, you can look at it however you want. Exactly. Really. Um, but, yeah, watching interviews with him nowadays is pretty fucking wild. Like, he switches tangents every five seconds. Like, doesn't even, it seems like he doesn't even really know exactly where he's going with a point when he starts it. You know, I feel like, I mean, obviously I'm an outsider in this, but I feel like the hip-hop culture has a very interesting relationship with religion as it is. I, I think that I there's... That. I think that... There's I, certainly... Sorry to cut you off, no, but no, I think that there's an interesting dichotomy with it where, yeah, you do have the, uh, the one side Big of it... Big word Thursday. <laughs> where, where on the other side of it, you have Kevin Gates, who, two phones... Mm -hmm. He's got one for the money, one for the hose. Just happens. And then you have on the other side of it, you've got like Outkast and Nas and things like that who do talk about God and Kanye. I think and yeah, there's like a stark difference. And I think it's all about culture, like the culture within the, the music. So like um, Outkast is kind of like an outcast in that era because a lot of the music that like Kevin Gates it's like kind of like a, a trap, which in my opinion, uh, my very unknowledgeable opinion is kind of like an offshoot of the Dirty South movement that happened. Yeah. Whereas you, where you have Kanye when he started and Nas and uh, a lot of those artists from like the Midwest and obviously Nas is from New York. And in my opinion, he's like the king of New York when it comes to hip hop. Because a lot of the, from what I listen to, a lot of like the hip hop heads choose Nas over mainly any rapper alive from New York. Am I, am I right in saying that? Um, yeah, it's either him or Jay-Z. Yeah, and it is a big, I think Nas won, when they had like that beef or whatever and they were doing like battles against each other, Nas yeah. won the lyrical side of it, but Jay-Z won the whole damn thing because he bought the record label that Nas was signed on. Yeah. So they obviously came together and they're friends now, but... Um, I think it all boils down to the culture. I think that the Dirty South kind of is still a part of the, um, I don't want to, how do I say this? They're still going through a lot of the things that New York and, and LA hip hop went through in the nineties. Cause yeah. a lot of the New York is being gentrified, not all of it, but a lot of it is being yeah. cleaned up and gentrified. Whereas in the South, um, it's not even close, you know, no, like, I feel that, you know, like that New Orleans. Like a good point. Yeah. And I feel like that's where it really comes from. But then again, those are allegedly some of the most spiritual people like Lil Wayne, the shit that he raps about. And then it's like completely religious on the other, on some of his other tracks. And it doesn't, it doesn't really make any sense to There's me. There's a dichotomy. For yeah. Sure. And, yeah. but I feel like in the Midwest and in, uh, upper Northeast or New York style, 
I feel like it's a little bit closer and more poetic. Yeah. And then you get people like um, Kanye or um, Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. Who takes it to that next level of poetry. Absolutely. Spoken word. Well, see, you got the whole East Coast, West Coast thing. Yeah. That's why but I there's think that the, a difference. The thing is, is the more the, 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 the hip hop artists, and this is just from an outsider's perspective, that are the oh, most successful. I mean, successful. I don't think anyone here is questioning if you're a rapper or not. No, I mean, just my opinion on it because I don't <laughs> listen to it that often. So it's very skewed. Um, the ones who are more poetic now or just have something to say, I think are starting to have a bigger voice, mm-hmm. especially since Kendrick Lamar came into the game. And then you also have Chance the Rapper. And um, there's another one I'm missing. Uh, J. Cole. J. Cole, yeah, is another one. And mm-hmm. even a little bit of Drake, although he was booed off stage. Yeah, yeah. well, whatever. <laughs> but yeah, I and think... 19-year-olds. I yeah. think um, Kanye West has just kind of let the fame get to his head com- in comparison to the others. Yeah. It's really funny because I remember when he was first coming up and when he, when he introduced Through the Wire. Yeah. And he was on, like, the Chappelle show. Yeah. All the time. Excellent. And it was, oh, man. Well, to be honest with you, like, from watching... I've watched a few interviews, like, since he's dropped that album. Mm-hmm. And we don't even have to get into this topic because it's a very touchy topic. Yeah. But, like, my honest opinion from watching those interviews is... There's definitely mental illness. Hundred percent. Like there's something that is not right. Like you can just tell. Like I'll send you a link to these. Like it's I, like you you can sense there's something not right there. Yeah. Like I, when he's speaking. Mm-hmm. I saw and, he said like I'm the greatest artist God has ever made. Yeah. No, That's, it's 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 one of those things where I feel like his mindset has just made a tipping point to now. Some of the things and ideas that come out of his head are just so bigger than him, and but he is bigger than him. I, but he's a self fulfilling prophecy, though. He's only the only reason he is bigger than himself is because he has made himself bigger than himself. I think, wait, I meant that wrong way inside his head, he is bigger than him. Oh, yeah, well, that I guess that's what I'm saying is that he by approaching everything from the way of like. I am the greatest. I no one has put in the amount of work that I have. I have mastered this and you have not. You are my children and I am your disciple. Like he just perpetuates that. And it's to the point now that yeah, you keep fucking saying this guy's red for long enough and people are going to be like maybe that's what red looks like. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. I think this is the deepest conversation we've ever had on this podcast. I think so. <laughs> then since I know we're getting a little deep Something that just happened. Breaking news alert. Something we've never done on the podcast before. Boom, boom. Beefy King. Set to reopen. They reopened today. Here in Orlando? There was a fire yesterday. Someone tried to burn down the Beefy King. Really? Yeah. What? Someone tried to burn down the Beefy King Are for just ch- over a what week. A Beefy King? Oh, it's what? an Orlando staple. We haven't talked about this? I don't think so. My this goodness. is a guy who's never watched Jurassic Park. Yeah, you're right. Don't shame. Or Lord of the Rings. I'm not shaming you. You just got work to do, friend. So you guys... uh. You dig up dinosaur bones? <laughs> <laughs> I bring the scientist. You bring the rock star. <laughs> God. Everyone hold on to your butts. <laughs> God. See, you're missing out. Oh, you're God. so missing Jeff out. Jeff Goldblum. Yes. His, uh, let's just, I was reading his, his history today. Yeah. And there's like almost everything that guy has done. Yeah. Especially his like his breakout role was the fly. Yes. And then yep. he did 
Jurassic Park one, mm-hmm. huge box office yep. success. A, I wouldn't call it a cult following. I call it a global following. Yes. Jurassic Park two, arguably better than the one that came after that, right? Or anyone that came after that. Not better than one though. And then Independence Day. Yes. One, two, and three. Yep. In the nineties. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. He's certainly one of a kind. And he's one that didn't get caught up in the whole, well, no. I am a celebrity thing? Because I was going to say his his wife is. No, no, he he definitely does. I was going to say his wife is 37 years old. Yeah, good for him. And he's 67. (laughs) She's four years older than me, and he's 67. Oh, man, I did see one clip one time of him. He was at like a red light Mm -hmm. in a cab. And he got out one time. And there was just a chick sitting there like eating lunch or something like that. And he just, because it was in New York. And of course the cab was stopped right outside of like a little eatery. And he just like rolled down the window and then got out and like dropped $200 on the table and was like, come on, get in the cab with me. And then she (laughs) did. And then they just drove off together. Beautiful. (laughs) But no, man. Beautiful. So we got, we got sidetracked. Somebody tried to burn down the Beefy King. What the hell? Beefy King's been open here in Orlando for approximately... 12 hours? What? Not even? 40 years? Oh, I thought you meant recently. Wow. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Sorry. Different pages. Different strokes for different folks. As you All will. All right. Continue. No, it's, dude, it is... They basically... Now, they have one of the smallest cook surfaces of a restaurant. Okay. Their cook surface is about that big. Mm-hmm. It, it is like a four-by-four four little hot metal square that they steam all the meat on oh. for every single sandwich. Jesus. And they steam all the sandwiches. They steam the buns, build the sandwiches. It's all tater tots. And they close by like 5.30. And it is an Orlando staple. Where is this at? Bumby and Robinson? No, no, no. Not Bumby and Robinson. Say, that's... Bumby and right before Bumby and Colonial, Do right next to a, Monkey Bar. Like a big blue sign out front? Nah. I feel, I feel like I've seen this. Because I've been to Bumpy a bunch of times. Hmm. Yeah, that and one. That. Let yes. me see it. Yep. Okay, I've seen that before. Yes. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I guess. Someone tried to burn it down? After a week of repairs, the beloved Orlando restaurant is reopening, it, reopening its doors at 10 a.m. Let's see. We just want to open, owner Shannon Woodrow says. The 50, okay, 51-year existence. The family-run business has become a staple in the Orlando community, serving up roast beef sandwiches. Yep. Was it this year or last year that Mills was celebrating 50 years? Last year. Last year. If, if this article's written and they've been there for 51 years. Well, no, that's what I was wondering. Because like the, Mill, the Mills 50 area, they were celebrating 50 years. Yeah. Um, well, it's funny to call that the Mills 50. 50 area. Just because Mills is nowhere close to it. No, I was just wondering. Because I was going to do a correlation of that. Like some of the best places... In Orlando, yeah, kind of were established fifty or fifty-one years. Yeah, ago. absolutely. Yeah, we've covered obviously Sports Town, which yeah. is our favorite. They're over fifty years in. Yeah, um, one of your favorite dives to get a shot while you're at Sports Town is um, uh, Whiskey Lou's, which we were at their fiftieth anniversary. You always want to call it Uncle Lou's. Whiskey Lou's. Uh, who is Uncle Lou's? Huh? That's a something somewhere. <laughs> um, Whiskey Lou's, which is a staple somewhere, uh, or a staple for over 50 years. Then you have the Mills area, which is a staple for over 50 years. Yeah. It's like, gosh darn, man. 
Yeah. Orlando's really coming into its own for 50 years. It really years. is. All the best spots. Man, we've been a... Yeah, a little... little uh, bats in the belfry. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I think uh, it's crazy how we're starting to... Because I have this conversation all the time about how Florida doesn't really have a culinary identity unless you count the Cuban sandwich. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. We don't have a lot. No, we really don't. Especially this part of Florida. I mean, we have Gator Bites. Yeah. But that's really like a South. Yeah. Uh, southeastern thing. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, there is the one thing that Orlando has is... Everything. Yeah. A good amount of everything. Because, I mean, we even have a really nice little um, Asian section of town. Right there, right where you were saying, yeah, Mills, Mills and Colonial. And Colonial. Yeah. Oh my God! There's this place where you can get a fried pork belly sandwich. I went picketing for a what president was it King one time. I can't remember. It's inside this little shopping center. You got to like walk inside of the oh, shopping no, center. Oh no! I think I know where you're talking about. And it's like right next courtyard. to the Boba Company. I think I don't know. Yep. I was picketing for a president one time, and we went in there after we. we my buddy was like, "You got to try these sandwiches out." We went in there. Oh my God! It was incredible. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. What's your favorite spot? Asian-wise. Favorite spot Asian-wise would be, I'd have to say, oh man, probably Thai House. Where's that? Thai House is right at Bumby and Colonial. Hmm. You, if you're going, oh fuck, what is that? Yeah, no, I'm sorry. If you're going north on Bumby, mm-hmm. you get to Colonial, you make a left. It's like the second or third business on your right, just after you turn. It is in a little home. Ooh. So imagine like your house, like if you walked in the front door told me about this. and then there was just like a host stand mm-hmm. right there. Wow. And then you'd go into the kitchen, but they've reformatted the kitchen and just turned everything into counters. Nice. And then put a table in the middle of the kitchen, but you just have to like slide in around the table. Oh, that'd be annoying if you got to pee. Well, a little bit, full. but I mean, but it's <laughs> one of those that the whole place is so cozy and homey and everything. And there's one really neat little area inside where they designed it as if you're outside. Mm -hmm. So it looks like you're outside when you're inside. Nice. And there's a few cool little areas in there. It's such a nice little family run place. The food is phenomenal. And it's right next to, um, right down the street from that is a Bakuri Sushi. That place is amazing. I keep hearing about Bakuri. It is one of the most like best kept secrets of a sushi place in Orlando. Nice. Because you drive by and it just says sushi across the top. And they say Bakuri and Neon. Have you ever had a sushi roll change your life? No. I did. Yeah? At Dragonfly. Yeah? This is the best goddamn sushi roll I've ever had. I don't even remember what it was called. Hmm. It was so good, I forgot. Yeah? Um, Marianne, friend of the podcast, uh, we took her there. My fiance and I like to uh, take our roommates out every now and again to dinner. So we took took her out there. Horrible idea. For... uh, Oh, it's not bad. Little inner roommate uh, bonding. Yeah, bonding. Um, we took her out there one time, and it—I mean, it's right down the street from my house. But Dragonfly is like one of the number one sushi restaurants in Orlando, and their happy hour is banging. And we had one of their sushi rolls, and I would honestly consider punching a close family member in the face to get another one. Really? What yeah. was what was in this roll that made it so good? I don't even know. That's a crazy thing. I what was, was it called? I, I was looking at the menu as I ate it. And I couldn't read anymore. It was so good. Yeah? Yeah. I can't I remember so. a single ingredient. Dragon roll? I, rice? 
Seaweed? Just... Oh, rice and seaweed. <laughs> All right. That sounds good. There was other things You're in right. there. It, go, to, go to Dragonfly. It crossed his eyes and left a little puddle yeah. in the chair. That's yeah, all you need to know. Yeah, I was even more dyslexic than I already am. Hey. Speaking of favorites, yeah? I'm going to segue perfectly into our voicemail that we promised we would play. From who? From Rebecca Riddle. <gasps> Friend of the podcast. Yeah? Shout out to Rebecca. We are going to play this for you, and we're going to answer it accordingly. Take it away. Hey, Bartender's Ball. It's Rebecca Riddle. I was thinking because the holidays are rapidly approaching, maybe on your next podcast you could share with us some of your favorite holiday Christmas ales or holiday-inspired drink recipes. Thanks so much for the great entertainment. I just want to note that young Rebecca Riddle, who I know, yeah, if I didn't know her and I just went based off of her voice and the way she leaves our voice messages... Sounds like one of uh, like those cool moms that you want to like, you know, that when you go over to the house, like to go visit that friend. Yeah. Like cookies on deck. Everything. And like, like all the cool shit. One of those funny things that she treats her kids friends better than she treats her kids. Yeah. Like <laughs> my mom. No, I'm just kidding. Like you Love walk you, in mom. and she's like, do you eat enough today? Yeah. Tell you what, I got an extra sandwich because I knew you were coming. Yeah. <laughs> I literally, I don't know Rebecca and that's what I thought. Rebecca cool. is yeah. awesome. Yeah. She's great. She's she fantastic. was a regular at, at World of Beer. And I think now they go to the new paddy wagon that just opened up in Lake Buena Vista that we have to go check out. We'll call that a research trip. Ooh. Uh, we got to go check that out soon. But Can't to her point. Can't get mad at a research trip. Um, there's, this, this is actually a pretty deep question in my opinion. Because yeah. there's a lot of holiday ales. I mean, um, there's this uh, winter warmer Actually, one of my go-tos is Lagunitas, even though it's a conglomerate on the beer. Um, the Lagunitas Winter Warmer is like 8% brown ale. Makes it feel real good on the inside. But um, I know you might have a cocktail ready for this. I'm going to quickly spit one out there, if that's okay with you. Yeah, what do you got? Easiest cocktail to make ever. Yeah. Go to Starbucks. Okay. Order a venti uh, peppermint white chocolate mocha. Take it home and put either Bailey's or whiskey in it. Perfect. That's pretty easy. You keep it in the Starbucks cup and you can, uh, it's mobile. Yeah, you can yeah. drink it at work. <laughs> well, what do you got? I'm going to go with something a little bit, little bit more complicated. Bring it on. A little bit more mixologist Bring over it here. It's, um, it is an interesting kind of spicy kind of savory, yeah, spicy, savory kind of warming holiday mule, Ooh, so to speak. I'm in. It's, uh... You course for a mule, start off with a little bit of ginger syrup and a little bit of lemon juice, probably equal parts of those. You can actually do a tiny, tiny splash of pineapple juice. Okay. Then, it's where it gets interesting, go with some Johnny Walker Black. Go Ooh. with a nice scotch whiskey, do about an ounce and a half of that, and then you can even do a little bit of port. Okay. A little bit of port wine. Top it up with soda water, stir that in. It... It's like eating a pine cone almost. I love it. It's so goddamn good. I and love it. put a little bit of Angostura bitters in there. Ties everything together. One combination I've been messing with a lot lately is pineapple and Angostura bitters. Mm. For some reason, the two complement each other so damn well. It's like I've always had this kind of idea about flavor that it's a little bit like music where you have like lows, mids, and highs. Mm -hmm. And if you don't hear one of those... You can audibly tell that something's missing, right. but you can't put your finger on it. Exactly. And I think in some cocktails, like what I've been experimenting around recently, is 
finding what fills in those gaps. It's crazy how a dash of something can completely open up. Absolutely. And while something to that testament, because I feel like I've been slacking a little bit on the drinks of the week. So we'll give two Drew's drinks of the week this week. Dustin gives one. Drew gives two. Here here it goes. Tyler, think of one while we're doing this. (laughs) So it's an interesting thing where this is going to be Drew's perfect chocolate martini. You start off with, you can either use like some espresso, or I'm sorry, not a chocolate martini. We're going to do an espresso martini. You can use the Van Gogh espresso vodka, or you can just use some nice Smirnoff, Tito's, whatever your preference is. Do a good ounce, ounce and a half of real espresso. That's probably where it starts. Then a little, little bit of Kahlua. You can use some Bailey's if the guest likes it a little bit creamier. I like to use equal parts Bailey's, Kahlua, vodka. Then you throw in the probably a little bit more vodka, do some espresso, and then you go ahead and just the secret ingredient, what's going to really step it up to the next notch, probably a half ounce of triple sec. Ooh. You'll think I'm crazy. No. But the triple sec in there brings out so much chocolate flavor. I was going to say and chocolate, And the natural coffee, earthy orange. coffiness of the espresso, phenomenal. I'm in. I've had other bartenders come to my restaurant. And drink my chocolate martini, or my chocolate, espresso martinis. And be like, Drew, why is your espresso martini better than mine? Boom. How do I make a better espresso martini to make one like this? Because I come to you so you can make them for me. That makes you feel good. It does, but it's goddamn it, man. I saw this DJ Khaled meme, suffering from success. Boom. <laughs> because, dude, when, when you're closing it down for happy hour, and you got to do last call... And then they just and start. all your servers from Cap or your bartenders from Capital Grill are like, can we get three more chocolate martinis or you espresso pump, martinis, please? You gotta pump those out. Oh in man, successive numbers. Yeah, that's our that's our call. Mm-hmm. Um, well, thanks guys, for listening. This is the bartender's ball. This that's is episode, episode eighteen. 18. Uh, the bar is now open. Yeah, the bar yeah. is now open. Come the bar is open. The podcast is closed, <laughs> and uh, we'll see you not next week, but the week after. Hopefully, Dustin still has a job here. Thanks for listening. Boom.